0: I'll try to take just a few minutes, but some of you very well might have questions. If you don't now, if you watch the news for 10 minutes, you probably will. Um, So this is all over national news. This is certainly if you read religious news, if you follow Baptist Press or anything like that, it's everywhere. But I mean, it's on, you know, the Today Show. I mean, it's it's all over national news and probably I haven't seen it in the Citizen's Times yet, but it'll probably be in there if it hasn't already. Um, so, I'll give you some background. Last summer, uh, the Southern Baptist Convention was held in the city of Nashville. It's held in a different city every year. This city will be held in Anaheim, which is why we're going out there. Um, and this last year, it was held in Nashville, Tennessee. And it was one of the largest conventions we've had in, in memory. I mean, it was, it was enormous. Um, something close to like 20,000 messengers. I think there were like 16,000 or something like that. So, this is, these are all people in one room. And as well as journalists that are there and guests and so on. I mean, I think it was about 20,000 people in the, in the, the building itself. And um, one of the motions that, that was brought forward was this concern um, about uh, sexual abuse. And I don't think we have any kids in here tonight, do we? Um, and you all are probably familiar, and again, this is all over the place too, but so over the last few years, the Roman Catholic Church has had a lot of, um, of heat pressed against it because of um, claims of sexual abuse within Roman Catholic clergy and not just Roman Catholic clergy but within Roman Catholic you know, churches and so on and so forth. Um, and without those things being brought to the proper authorities, without those things being brought before any sort of civil authority and merely being dealt with within their, their, you know, ecclesiology and so on, their own church government and so on. And up to this point, all of that is still just, you know, it's all private. None of that has been brought to light. Um, and yet, you know, it seems very cer- certain to those who have looked into this, this, this is, we're talking very large numbers of kids who have been abused, not only kids, but women and, and, and others. Uh, that have been abused and so um, this has just been a time of reckoning um, within religious denominations as they look at this and southern baptists are a very decentralized denomination if you if some of you come from a united methodist background you know that our polity is extremely different right united methodists are pretty hierarchical now roman catholics are even more hierarchical so so basically all decisions are made way way up top right you know, and Methodists have bishops and so on, so it looks very, very different. But Southern Baptists, we are a very decentralized people. Um, just honestly, it comes down to biblical convictions. But but for whatever, you know, however we look at it, that's, that's, uh, there's some good that comes from that. There's some liabilities with it as well. And um, again, I'm trying to be brief here. So the, the, one of the positives about this is that When we go to the Southern Baptist Convention, which again happens once a year, and really the Southern Baptist Convention legally only exists two days a year. There's no headquarters, okay? The headquarters is the closest Southern Baptist Church. Um, The Southern Baptist Convention only exists two days a year, um, and it exists in those meetings. It's called to order, and now there's a Southern Baptist Convention. When you close on Wednesday afternoon, you know, everything goes down, there is no Southern Baptist Convention. Um, And so, but during that meeting, You know, there are motions that can be raised about sometimes a whole bunch of goofy things, but a lot of times very good things as well. And so I say all that to say a motion came forward in Nashville that has been advocated and pressed by people who are um, abuse survivors and are advocates for them and for people who have been worried that Southern Baptists have not been taking claims of abuse. Uh, seriously, within local churches, within institutions, and so on. I guess I should back up a little bit further. In 2019, where was the convention? might have been St. Louis. I'm getting them mixed up. Uh, There's so many of them. A Southern Baptist seminary president was fired um, for improperly dealing with claims of abuse at the seminary. Not that he himself had been an abuser, but that he improperly Um, dealt with them. Basically, as it turns out, shaming a person who came to him with claims, credible claims of abuse, and basically telling her to drop it. She eventually brought this before the law, and he was fired. And I believe very rightly so. So with that, there was a sense of, what else might be behind all this? And so on and so forth. So I'm giving you a little little bit of background. This is going back two years, three years. In Nashville last year, a motion was brought forward for there to be an independent um, investigation into the Southern Baptist Convention, looking at our executive committee, which I mentioned that the convention only exists when they meet, but during the rest of the year, the other 363 days of the year, there's an executive committee that kind of keeps operations rolling. Okay, But they don't really have the authority that the convention does. But there was a, 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 um, a call brought forward, a motion brought forward, and it passed almost unanimously, uh, which very few things at a Baptist convention of that nature would pass almost unanimously. But it was this this desire to say we need to bring a third party in to investigate these things. At the very least, bring to light that there are not these issues that some claim there are. And if there are, we need to know. And so that investigation has been going on for about a year. Okay? So that was last year. And now the um, report came out... um, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. It's Sunday at 4 o'clock, I think it was. And since then, again, it has just been everywhere in the news. And the report, so on one hand, we thank God that Southern Baptist did the right thing to say, we want this report, we want an external party to come and do it, we want them to have access to all things, we're going to waive client privilege, we're going to waive all these things, and we want these things investigated thoroughly. And so they did the thorough investigation, and the, are, the findings are pretty horrifying. Um. Please tell me y'all have been hearing this. A few of you, right? If you haven't, your neighbors and such are, um, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, are aware of this. Uh, I mean, I. It was in the Citizen Times, so so it's it's out there. Um, so we thank God that these things have come to light, and yet I I could share details with you, but you can read the report for yourself. It's like. 260 pages it's really long maybe 300 pages plus an appendix it's like 500 pages altogether but it details everything everything that this organization has, has found um, and again they're a completely unbiased organization there and they, they don't have any power they're just reporting this is what we've found this is the the good and the bad and the ugly and uh, a few names in there of southern baptist heroes that we are shocked to hear um a couple that were actually involved in abuse themselves, uh, that actually abused themselves, many others just didn't deal with it and basically brushed things under the table. And, and tragically, there's just a culture in a lot of organizations like this that basically say, well, yeah, we could deal with that, but it would be an ugly black eye, so we better just brush her under the rug the best that we can and not deal with it. And, um, and it's turned out to have a list of about 700 offenders um, that have never been dealt with. Guys that would be at one church and abuse someone. The church would find out. They would jump and go to another church, and um, and nothing was ever done to warn that other church. Or if they were warned, it didn't come from the church, so it wasn't credible, and so on and so forth. And so uh, I, I think I can stop there unless you have questions. But this is, on one end just a time of mourning and weeping. Um, you know, for our convention of churches, 14... Um, or it's four, almost 14 million Southern Baptists 47,000 Southern Baptist churches and all of them are, are feeling this um, and it's, it's heartbreaking we want to pray for, for the abused um, we want to pray for the abused who have been um, pressed aside and, and not cared for um, and then we want to pray for leaders that have to address this and how do you deal with this and again it's all out in the open now so now it can be dealt with, and I have no doubt that if other denominations were to do the same thing, that similar situations would probably be found. Again, if the Roman Catholic Church did it, you know who knows what we'd be dealing with. But Southern Baptists, we are actually able to do it because of our polity; we are so decentralized. Um, and so, and yet, it's it's pretty gut wrenching stuff. I um, I wanted to talk to this, you know, on a Wednesday night. I, I don't think I'll do this on a Sunday. But, you know, if people have questions, I'm, I'm always glad to talk to them, especially if a guest asks you questions. Say, hey, you know, our pastor's always glad to talk with you. Some of you might be, you know, knowledgeable and would, would be glad to talk to them as well. But I think it's helpful that we just kind of get these things out there. Y'all have any, any questions before I, before I pray for us? That's a lot to take in, isn't it? Yeah, Monica. About 20 years. Yeah, going back about 20 years. We're not able to go back a whole lot farther. Um, now, there are some claims that go back further, but one of the most depressing things about this list is that that's one of the things that people were calling for is that we should have a database so that if someone is an abuser, that we can then, you know, have a database and say, you are blacklisted, you are, we want to make sure, just like our state has a database, right? If someone's a, a sex offender. Um, and they kept saying for years, they had said, um, at the end of the day, to cover their own backside, they basically said, oh, we can't do that. We don't have the, we don't have the power to do that. We can't have a list like that. We're too decentralized. We, you know, we don't have the authority. But at the end of the day, they basically used the list just to protect their own liability, which is very very sad. We're not even aware who, who all was privy to this list, but some of the highest executives were. Yeah, Russell? I think it would. I think it would be a big range. I mean, a, a lot of them are, are teenagers. A lot of them are children. A lot of them are adult women. Um, it's just it kind of is all over the place, all over the place. Yeah. Some of those on the on the list have since left the SBC. Have since been forced out in other places locally, um, and yet, you know, still, you know, it's just again. Some of them are beyond the statute of limitation, and so there can't be legal charges brought against them, but we don't want them pastoring another church. And they're not just pastors. Some of them are deacons. Some of them are church members. Some of them um, were, was a janitor at a church. And so it's not just clergy, but clergy are easier to track. And um, and so, yeah, I think it's on other their hand. Bobby? Yeah, the fact is is that Uh, accusations of abuse have been coming forward for a long time, and just things weren't done. Um, Again, sadly, uh, so for instance at Southwestern Seminary, one of our seminary presidents, Paige Patterson was his name, um, he at least twice had very credible um, claims of abuse brought to him as president, not that he had done them, but other employees in the seminary, and, and he apparently just shamed them, and you know, just said that you need to just forgive and be quiet about that. Don't, don't, don't tell the, the law enforcement because it'll look bad on the seminary and uh, just, just heartbreaking. So a lot of times it was things like that. And so whether he would take that name and then tell Nashville, hey, by the way, we better watch this person and this name, you know, just in case it comes back to bite us. It's probably something like that. Yeah. Any other, any other questions on that? Joy? Yeah, it's hard. So I guess another thing I would have meant, should have mentioned is in 2020, I think it was, uh, the Houston Chronicle in Houston, Texas, published a big article that was also bringing some of this to light, um, and they named dozens within Texas. Um, again, it, I, I don't have an exact number, but we're, we're probably talking about hundreds of churches probably. And some of them are not churches. Some of them might be a camp. It, just anything within the Southern Baptist umbrella. It might be a school. It might be a, you know, a, a lot of different things. The majority would probably be churches. Yeah. Joy. Motions, yeah, 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 yeah. Already, as of today, the Southern Baptist Convention has opened up a hotline that'll be manned twenty four seven, open for any any claims, any charges, and so that's something they did immediately. Um, so we want to know, yeah, are there charges out there? Are there claims? Or, or are there people who say, well, I told someone, but I don't know if anything was ever done. So that's done as of today. But no, Joy's right. We need your prayer as we go to Anaheim. Um, I think this is going to occupy the whole convention. I mean, We thought this was going to be a quiet year. <laughs> we were thinking this was going to, you know, last year was a little tumultuous where we're, we were thinking this year would be more quiet. Oh, everyone's in Disneyland. It's going to be, you know, everyone's having fun. Um, But I I bet you this is just going to be consuming because that is the the question is, okay, what do we do? This third party that did the investigation is offering like four to five uh, suggestions on what we could do. Um, A database is just one of them. Um, Another one is to put together a, uh, well, not a task force, a task force is enduring, but like an enduring uh, organization within the SBC just to deal with these matters. Um, and that would be a financial investment, um, but probably not. Not probably. I think one that would be worthwhile. And so, yeah, pray for us as we're there. That there's wisdom. That there's consensus. Um, and again, there's a lot of people there uh, that that are among the abused. Um, there's one young lady, because they, I mean, they they show records of this. She was 16 years old, um, and um, one of the staff members at the church. I don't remember what position he was in. began molesting her when she was like. 14 and molested her until she was 18 until she left the church and she was telling people in the church he's doing this and they said no he would never do that he would never do that and so he eventually left the church went to another church in mississippi or something like that and was convicted of doing the same thing there and um it could have been stopped at the first church um but again we we so often there's a sense of oh he would never do that she would never do that and we give the benefit of the doubt again the, the the idea of false charges is also terrifying but at the same time, I mean, this is just, yeah, it's gut-wrenching. Any, any other questions? I want you all to be informed. Again, you can find plenty of this online. It's, you know, I would, I would encourage you if you're looking for, like, I think, you know, a good resource that's gonna help you see some of the issues and think through. Uh, Baptist Press is Southern Baptist's newspaper. Uh, Christianity Today is a Christian magazine that also has a lot of helpful articles in this. Um, and again, that's brutally honest. But, but to at least kind of know, you know, what's at stake. I, I would also note that one of the men that was on the, um, the committee that appointed the task force was from North Carolina. Some of you might know him. Bruce, I can't think of his last name. But anyway, so we had some local representation that was involved. Well, I'd like to pray for us and, um, and we will... Um, I think very, with a very, you know, sober posture now, um, you know, be able to, to be able to go downstairs and have some time. But as a church, we need to be vigilant about this ourselves. You know, um, there's a reason that, you know, we would go above and beyond to, you know, Monica and I are looking at, you know, having a check-in system with our kids. Yeah, go ahead. Even just a suspicion, yeah. Okay, well, let's, let's pray together. Oh, Lord, this is, this is really heavy. And um, God, I just want to pray for those who have suffered abuse all over the country, even, even on the mission field. Lord, I just want to pray for comfort, oh God, for healing, for restoration, for grace in these lives that are precious to you. We pray, God, for justice against those who have done wicked things, that there would be repentance, but, God, that they would be held accountable. Lord, that you would help us as a convention of churches that are, Lord, we partner together for mission work. We partner together for the gospel, and yet, Lord, we cannot forget the vulnerable. And, Lord, we just want to pray that you would please give us wisdom Lord, that you would lead us forward as a convention, Lord, to, to right these wrongs, to, um, to never, ever, God, allow saving face or financial considerations even, God, none of these things, Lord, to be an obstacle to doing what is right before you. You oh know, God, that we would never, Lord, allow our churches to be places, God, where precious little ones or anyone, God, could be hurt. I pray for our church, God, that there would, that Lord, that these things would never, ever, ever be, God, that you would protect, that you would give us wisdom, that you would give us um, divine intervention, oh God, give us forthrightness, God, in how we tackle these things ourselves, Lord, in terms of putting up safety protections and, um, God, all of these things, Lord, I, I pray that as we go to Anaheim, that it would be... Um, God, an opportunity for us to move forward with these things now being brought to light. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.